I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Gospel according to John. John chapter 16, as we continue looking at the work of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, we'll begin reading at verse 4, where Jesus says, I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes... He will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own, but will speak whatever He hears. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, because He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is Mine. And for this reason, I have said that He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege now of studying it together. And God, as I stand before these, your people, this, your God-breathed church, I pray that this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. Pentecost is one of my favorite holy days. Now, it's interesting that when we look at the four key events, most of us can name three of the four. Pentecost is the one where we struggle a little bit. I mean, we know Christmas. God comes in human form. We love the story of the baby in the manger. Good Friday, when Jesus dies on the cross for our sins and, and, and provides for us that amazing gift of salvation, justification, new birth. On Easter Sunday, we celebrate resurrection as Jesus rises from the grave, conquering both sin and death. And Pentecost. Pentecost. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost, the birth of the church. Pentecost, without Pentecost, we would not be having this worship service right now. Because this is the presence and the power of God in our lives and in the life of the church. Now we sing a lot of songs about the Holy Spirit. Songs like, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Or, Sweet, sweet spirit, or spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. There are so many songs that, that we sing, and yet, truthfully, the Holy Spirit 
of the Trinity and Pentecost, that high holy day, tends to get more of an honorable mention. Francis Chan, for example, in his book Forgotten God, actually says the Holy Spirit kind of is that forgotten God. We're comfortable talking about God the Father. We're comfortable talking about God the Son. The Holy Spirit, that's where we wrestle a little bit. But Jesus was so excited to tell the disciples about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He was so excited to share this because Jesus knew it would change their lives. And Jesus knew it would change our lives. It would inspire us, empower us, embolden us to be the people that God is calling us to be, individually as Christians, together as the church. The Holy Spirit is so vital. That's why we call it the birth of the church at Pentecost, because that's when people like Peter, who earlier had denied Jesus, were willing to stand up and boldly proclaim Him. Jesus knew when you receive the Holy Spirit, it can change the world. And so Jesus was excited to share in John chapter 16, the scripture that we read, Jesus has been sharing about his departure. And as a result of that, the disciples were filled with sorrow. They were grieving. How, how can it be that you're going to leave us? And then Jesus says something really unusual that sets them back a little bit when he, he says to them, actually... It's to your advantage that I go away. Actually, Jesus said, it's a really good thing that I'm going to ascend into heaven. And the disciples are going, how can that be a good thing? They had lived with Jesus for three years. They had followed him. They had seen the miracles. They had experienced the intimacy of, of being his disciples and, and, and being his church forming together. They had given their lives for him as the Messiah. How can it be a good thing? Their image of the Messiah and the Christ was still somewhat limited. They didn't fully understand until the resurrection what this new Messiah would truly be like. But Jesus says, this is so cool. It's actually a really good thing that I go away. Verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now that Greek word for the advocate is parakletos, which it actually means one who is called alongside. The way we refer to the Holy Spirit is, is one who is called alongside. And Jesus had been sharing with them a lot about the Holy Spirit if they start putting it together. I mean, just turn back two chapters to John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him or knows Him. You will know Him because He abides with you and He will be in you. 
And John 14, verse 26, Jesus says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I've said to you. And then turn over to chapter 15. Jesus says again, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. I mean, Jesus is building them up. This, and this is, this is a powerful thing that God is getting ready to do. It's why I think the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost is so vital as Jesus was so excited to share with the disciples, with the church, with you and me. This is incredible. It will change your life. It'll change the world. When you get to Acts, Acts chapter 1, as Luke tells the story, he says in verse 4 that Jesus said, While staying with them, he, meaning Jesus, ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you've heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And, and skipping on down to chapter 1, verse 8 of Acts, Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I mean, think about this. The God who so loved the world that he would die for you is sharing with you and me and with the disciples and with the church God has another amazing gift to share with you, to pour out with you. We've been looking at the Trinity over the last several weeks with God the Father, God the Son, now God the Holy Spirit as the windows in this church remind us. God the Father, this all-powerful God who can create the world by simply saying the word and yet a God who desires an intimate relationship with us and says, you can call me Father. Jesus said, pray like this, our Father. A God who wanted to be in a relationship with you to the point that he takes on human form comes in the person and work of God the Son, Jesus the Christ, lives among us to teach us of the kingdom, and then dies on a cross. God himself gives his own life for you and for me that we can be forgiven for our sins. But then Jesus says, but that is not all. It's almost like those commercials that you hear. But wait, there's more. Jesus says there's so much more. This is incredibly powerful that God will continue to give you through the presence of his Holy Spirit, his own presence and power in your life. The Holy Spirit. Now, why is it, do you think, that sometimes we're less comfortable thinking about the Holy Spirit than we are when we think about God the Father, God the Son. I mean, there are several reasons I can think of. I mean, one is, is that we like being in control. Now, I'm a type A personality. Most everybody that knows me know that. I like to have things all organized. And to some degree, you could argue, I like to be in control then of what's going on. Well, the problem with the Holy Spirit is we are not in control. When the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us, God is the one fully in control, controlling what's happening in our lives. 
I'm not always comfortable not being in control. It's one of the reasons why my children will tell you, my wife will tell you, that when we would go to Carowinds or, or Disney or, or anywhere else like that, you would see I was the one outside at the roller coaster holding all their stuff while they went and rode the roller coaster. Now, why is that? I mean, I know the odds of survival are incredible and it could be a lot of fun. It just bothers me that once they push the button and you're at the top of the hill, no one's driving. No one is in control. And if you wanted to stop too bad, it doesn't stop until the end of the track. Well, maybe I want to stop before then. So I just don't like not being in control. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we are not in control. That is God pouring upon us. Maybe that's one reason we're a little uncomfortable. I think one of the other reasons is sometimes we, we see people and, and we love, we love people who are charismatic. Charisma simply means a gift. And, and we love to talk about the spiritual gifts and what God can do. But we really get nervous when we get around what I refer to as charismaniacs. I mean, there's a difference between a charismatic, one who experiences the power and presence and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and a charismaniac who just goes wild. So as a result, we have a tendency sometimes just to, to hold back. We're not crazy about being people, around people that are holier than thou or people that seem judgmental. Oh, so you don't speak in tongues like I do? Then you truly must not have the Holy Spirit like I do. So we, we have a tendency sometimes just to pull away, which is so tragic. Jesus said this is an incredible gift. I think one of the reasons, too, we may struggle with the Holy Spirit is, is the Holy Spirit is that one person of the Trinity that can often get misused, abused, we can manipulate with the Holy Spirit, um, and, we, and we get really uncomfortable. Some of you have taken Bible studies with me and other things may remember that I shared the story of a church that I was serving one time where there was a member of the church who just constantly played out the Holy Spirit card or the God card. I mean, we would be in the middle of a church meeting, a church council meeting, something like that, and, and if something was going in a way that he didn't really think was the way he wanted to do it or is something he disagreed with and yet most people in the room kind of felt that way all of a sudden you knew it was going to come you would get this well the Holy Spirit revealed to me here's what we should do well you pull the God ace out of your sleeve and lay it on the table and people around the table just don't really know well, what do you do with that what do you say to that and it got rather annoying because time after time after time after time you'd see it and all of a sudden, well, well, the Holy Spirit revealed to me. And one time I just about had all I could take. I was younger in my ministry, so a little more naive perhaps and a little more brash. But we're in the middle of a conversation. Everybody seems to be going in the same direction, but clearly a direction that this person didn't want to go. And, and, and all of a sudden, this person says, once again, well, well, God, the Holy Spirit revealed to me. And I, after he finished his sentence, I went, did you just say the Holy Spirit told you? And I repeated what he said. And he goes, yes. And I said, well, that's really odd. And he goes, why is that? And I said, well... The Holy Spirit just told me he didn't tell you any such thing. 
Well, I slid back and thought the lightning may come through and you had that quick prayer, God, I hope you didn't really tell him that because I didn't want to mess it up. But we had a conversation later where I said, you always do that and it's not fair to use the Holy Spirit and the God card to try to manipulate other people. I do believe that the Holy Spirit speaks to us and convicts us, but there comes a time too, is is it then affirmed by the Holy Spirit among the rest of the church around the table? Otherwise, sometimes people have a tendency to use the God card or that Holy Spirit card to get their way. Most churches that I've served, you will hear on occasion or times will come up where someone just says, well, the Holy Spirit told me that I should be doing this. And all of a sudden, it's, it's a way to try to control other people and get your own will. I believe God does inspire and speak to us. Hear me clearly. But I also think when that occurs, it's got to be a humble moment of hitting your knees before God like Jesus does in the Garden of Gethsemane where we earnestly pray, God, not my will, but thy will be done, where we are trying to discern, God, did I hear you right? I mean, the people who the Holy Spirit told me, 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 those people scare me. And they aggravate me, if I'm honest with you. Because we have to be careful to discern what is God and what is me using God to manipulate or to abuse. So as a, as a result, we can sometimes just hang more with God the Son. We love Jesus and God the Father. We can, we can kind of make that more tangible. The Holy Spirit takes a little bit more work. The challenge for us as the church is that we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. What I really wanted you to hear is Jesus was so excited for the disciples. He was so excited for the church. He was so excited for you and for me to tell us it's actually as hard as it is to believe, it is actually better for you that I leave. Are you kidding me? You are God in the flesh. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is better. It's to your advantage that I leave because I'm then going to send you my Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God that will not only be with you, will be within you. And he'll be able to guide you into all the truth. He'll be able to declare to you all that I've done. He'll remind you of all the teachings. He will empower you. He will glorify me, Jesus says. Hear the good news. The, the powerful gift of the Holy Spirit is you will have the presence of God in your life Every day, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, God will be with you. God will be within you. And not only is he there, you will have the power of God at work in your lives. Jesus knew this could change the world. Now, I am reminded of Francis Chan again in his book, The Forgotten God, because he said, you don't need the Holy Spirit. If you're merely seeking to live a semi-moral life and just attend church 
regularly. Jesus knew, oh, no, no, no. This powerful gift of the Holy Spirit will change your life and change the world if you'll let it. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up and preaches and some 3,000 people are saved and God continued to add to their number every day. The day of Pentecost. You know what we need in our world today? You know what the church could really use a good dose of across our world today? Pentecost. The outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. Breathe on me, breath of God, and fill us with life anew. Because Jesus knew, I've got a gift for you, and it will change your life. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Will you pray with me? God, we need your Holy Spirit in our world today. We need your Holy Spirit in the church today because without it, we try to play the God card and and we try to be in control and that may just be why your church looks like it's in a mess. It's your church. We need your presence, your power. Pour out your Holy Spirit, we pray. And empower us then to be the people that you're calling us to be individually as Christians, together as the church, that we may proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and the world be transformed. Oh, Jesus was so excited to share with us this amazing gift that you were about to pour out upon us. And God, we pray that we will receive once again right now today your Holy Spirit, your presence, your power, always in our lives. In the name of and on behalf of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen.